Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators. They're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them. And they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. And today we have a very special episode. We have Patsy back on with us. She was on episode 11, where she shared her story of being a teacher in Malaysia, working with refugee students. And today we have two former students um, of Patsy on the show that are going to share about their background and inspiration that they had from Patsy. So welcome, Patsy, Rachel, and Rebecca. Thank you for being here. This is going to be a very special conversation. And thank you for having all of us here also. So we have a couple of newer questions that uh, Patsy helped to prompt um, to learn a little bit more about Rachel and Rebecca's background. So before we get into just kind of the inspiration to be a teacher, we're going to learn a little bit about them as individuals and their experience with uh, Patsy. So uh, the first question, what was it like to grow up as a refugee in Malaysia? And I think we have Rebecca who's going to share about that. Yes. Growing up as a refugee in Malaysia was hard. We have gone through a lot of things like learning how to communicate with people, especially when we went to the store, like uh, we can't get what we want, like finding uh, stuff that we want. And we always have a problem, especially with my dad. Because mm-hmm. my dad always, not that. And then I think it was, I, I learned most of English in Malaysia and it was good for me to be in there. And when I get to uh United States, it was much better. Mm, thank you so much. And um, kind of leading into the next question, what was it like to have Patsy as your teacher? Uh, having a Patsy as my teacher was amazing. She put a smile on her face and know how to talk to people when they're mad or some mm. sort of emotions. She has a big heart and she cares and loving. I'm so glad I got to know her and having her in my life because she was amazing. And I hope one day I met her again in the future. Patsy, do you have anything to share about your time with uh, Rachel and Rebecca teaching them or how you've seen them blossom into their new journey here in America? Sure, they were so little. (laughs) To me, like, you know, really like a young, just a very young, you know, young soul, you know, they have a lot of curiosity, really explore a lot of different things. So um, I'm so honored, you know, to be with them. It's just part of the journey. I think education for all of us is a part of the journey that who we met. And then uh, and we can like just do the product being as a teacher and just uh, give them whatever we can teach them in the manner and, and also the kindness. And they're always, always, and I feel that, you know, they have a lot of good attitude. The attitude that is coming from, they are willing to learn. And the resilience, it, it just made me to feel like, they are very different and very unique. Absolutely. To go through because, so much and then yes. come to America and become teachers themselves and being able to just blossom, you know, and create this whole new life. And you you planted that seed, really. 
Well, I'm just so thankful. They also teach me a lot, right? <laughs> this is what I say. I call them teacher, you know, most mm. of the time, right? And and I and I coming back, you know, to the sense of the the curiosity, the learning attitude. I've been learning so much of their culture. That's why I say I learn about, you know, thank you, Jim Sudimbali, <laughs> right, Rachel? <laughs> yeah. Is the the Jim Sudimbali is like thank you. I found that, you know, the, the relationship is like, you know, the mutual way, the cultural standpoint, what we can give it to them is more into the knowledge, mm. but knowledge is powerful. What they bring to my life is the culture that I have explored something more. Mm-hmm. So it's more into the inter-exchange, cultural standpoint that I feel like so blessed, you know, mm. uh, to learn from them, to really like make me to feel like they are really part of the journey, you know, of me as well. Mm-hmm. So after, I, I still remember when the time they come and tell me, they say, teacher, tomorrow I'm going to the U.S., right? So I know that, wow, they, they are, when they're in Malaysia, it's just a stepping stone for us to train them and be more resilient. And after all, they, they have another journey to go, mm-hmm. right? So with that, I have a few of like, you know, full of blessing, you know, to them. And I always just pray and ask God to keep them safe mm-hmm. and just make sure, you know, they are healthy. And now they become as a U.S. citizen and they also become as a teacher. Yeah, it's amazing. Like paying forward. I'm just yes. like so, and this is so beautiful circle. It's like that, um, we talk about this a lot on the LinkedIn page is like the ripple effect, right? Like mm-hmm. one thing leads to the next thing and it just keeps going. And it reminds me this um, part of you learning from your students. I have definitely experienced that many, many times, but especially when I'm in another culture. So when I taught in Hawaii, you know, Hawaii is a state in the United States, but it's very different than Mm -hmm. everywhere else in the country. (laughs) And when I first went there, I was 23 years old and I didn't know that much about Hawaiian culture or all the different Pacific Islanders, you know, students that I had. And I had a lot of students from the Philippines and from um, other parts of the Pacific. And I learned so much from them. And I mean, it is, it's co-creation, like the teacher and the student are like working together as a team. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're there to impart like wisdom and knowledge and, and give some strategies, right, to be That's resilient right. and to grow. But then they're teaching us about their culture, about mm-hmm. their community. I feel like my students also make me very humble in that mm-hmm. because you're not like the old school way of like teachers up here <laughs> telling you no. everything. You're the we expert. No, you're teaching me every single day. Mm. And I think that's why this profession is so amazing to view young people and the younger generation as something that is helping you grow. Because I think society always talks about whatever the generation is like, oh, this generation, they just don't get it. (laughs) And I'm like, no, they actually really get it. You're not paying attention. And so like Gen Z, which, um, you know, Rachel and Rebecca are part of that generation too, I think they're incredible because they're like the change makers. They want to see a better world and they talk about activism and things that are important to them. There's more voice than like Mm -hmm. previous generations. And I really appreciate that. Going back to uh, sharing about inspiration. um, How did Patsy inspire you um, as a student in person? Patsy inspired me as a good person and had a big heart because I can always tell by her big smile and putting happy face on uh, her face. 
all times and so every times i've seen her i'd be like i need to be like passy like in the future because every time i talk to her she was always have a big smile and yeah she really does that's awesome she's amazing she is amazing i love this oh my gosh i feel like such a like love energy right now what inspired you to be a teacher did you feel like that connection with patsy maybe lent you in that way what inspired me by a teacher? Well, I love kids, but sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> not really. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I would, I would work at a school, like a daycare and stuff like that. And then I work and I have so much fun with the kid, like so much fun mm-hmm. rather than working as an other job. I love kids and then they, they like to play with me or I like to play with them. They're really inspiring me as a teacher like having fun with the kids and then teaching them as a good experience. Right now, I love the kids, so I wouldn't really quit. And then I was stuck to there. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you work at a um, creative writing center with little creative kids. Learning yeah. center. Learning yeah. center. Yeah, and it's mostly like learning like the like ABCs and yeah, learning their letters. Older, like older two, so it's good to go on at threes. Oh, like, okay. Years old. So cute. Very cute. (laughs) And they're so adorable. They are. And they just light up. And I'm at a school where we have little kids too. So even though I teach in the high school, we have, I think as young as three years old. So we get to see like the little kids coming around and they're just always so excited. Mm -hmm. And whenever, whenever we gather as a community for some kind of event, they're always like, they love the big kids and they love like, they love their teachers. It's so cute to watch. Rachel, how about you? What inspired you to get into teaching? And you're a art teacher for um, right. pre-K. Yeah. Uh, what inspired me to be a teacher? I would say always a teacher from Malaysia, but especially in that. Mm-hmm. I see every day teaching the older kids to the youngest. I see how happy she was and how happy she is with the kids and how she communicate and she's always excited to come to school and see the kids grow and there's always laughing hugging she always give her best and is very patient with everyone around her being a teacher she makes it look like a easy but now i know it's not (laughs) (laughs) yeah i learned a lot um you know, you have to be really patient. And mm-hmm. I learned that from Miss Patsy, too. Well, thank you. Being a teacher, she make it look like very easy, but it's not. She inspired me to give more than taking. Mm. She, she gives a lot. Uh, she motivated me to, be, to see goods in people, even when you don't know them. And to always show love, passion toward the kids, before I went, uh, I came to the USA. Miss Patsy gave our family um, a one hundred dollars that she don't even remember now. Yeah, she's always just giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, even when she's not receiving, she will always give. She's very caring and she's very patient. So yeah, I'm I'm really blessed to be to know Miss Patsy. She inspired me to be a teacher to show loves and to just gift. I love that. Wow, Patsy. Any reaction from you, Patsy, hearing that? 
I really forgot what I have, you know, given, you know, to them, to be honest. But I just know that they were so young and they need to uh, travel so far from Malaysia, you know, to a new place because it's not easy to, from a country to move another country. That's a lot, a lot of like cultural training, you know, cultural um, adjustment for a new places or for new community or whatever they have to adapt, you know, in a way, right? So I'm just so blessed to see to see how they grow and how they serve, you know, the community now. So yes, and they remind me what I have done to them, to be honest. Mm. Okay. And I have to say thank you so much, you know, Rachel and uh, Rebecca. You guys, it's like carry the love. The love is the universal love to really paint forward. You know, this is the seed. I think all of us will want to amplify more because currently it's so hard to get people to want to come and join into the education industry. So uh, hopefully through this podcast, more and more people, even they're really not being as a full-time, they still can volunteer some time, you know, to serve the community as a teacher. I would love that. And I think these kind of stories are empowering because they can help people see like mm-hmm. how special this profession is, but how it's really about community and giving. Like I love what you just said there, Rachel, with um, she made it, she made teaching look so easy. And then I got into it and I realized this is really hard. That's like a master teacher, right? Like when you can make it look so easy. And then that teacher just, they just seem like everything's going so right, you know, and everything's great. And in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, did I do this right? Did I do this right? And you're constantly like overanalyzing, overthinking. I was talking about this in class recently. It is easier to just think about yourself and also to like, throw hate at people or judge people, it's a lot harder to be patient and to be giving and to love and to and to want to give back and want to <clears> serve. <throat> and people like Patsy and now you, Rachel and Rebecca, this is, it's inspiring because this is hard to do. I don't know why it's so hard, but I think the human, so, you know, going back to my psychology training, the human condition, <laughs> it's just easier to... I don't know, it's like lazy thinking. It's just easier to like judge and hate and be selfish mm-hmm. and like be like, I just want to do things for me. And it's harder to be that really patient, loving, caring person. But when you know someone like Patsy and you see that and then you see the work you're doing and how it's affecting now your students, Rachel and Rebecca, it becomes like natural. And I think it's just amazing that you have this inspiration. So I know both of you were not teaching in the pandemic, but do you want to talk about just this time of the pandemic and how life was like for you and any takeaways or what we can learn from this time? I wrote during the pandemic, even though I haven't worked as a teacher yet, but it was great to have a community support to pass through and amazing to see all one another support. I think it is a time where even though we're isolated, people really Mm -hmm. needed to lean on each other. And I think out of it came the sense of we need to be working together as a community, as a collective. And I know in like American society versus like, say, over in Malaysia and many like Asian societies are more collective and America's more like individual. That's why we had a hard time with the lockdown here. But I think now we're thinking more collectively because it's like Mm -hmm. we have to do this together because we rely on each other. And when you have especially public health concerns, like you, you have to all be taking care of each other. So I'm gr- I'm glad that you saw that in this time. Um, I don't know if Rachel, you wanted to share anything about the pandemic. Yeah, it was hard. You know, it's online, and at the at one point, we didn't even have a 
uh, our teacher. So we have to, she got COVID. So we have to just mm. cancel the class. Mm. And it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. When we were all virtual, that was really difficult. And I think feeling a sense of we lost that community for those couple of years. And I think now in this year is where we really want to like bring it back. And it's great that both of you now are like new teachers coming through that time period and then coming into the classroom because you're like, okay, we have to bring these kids back together and really like, you know, see community together. Um, for my like last question, any ideas uh, either of you have um, about improving education, not just here in America, but in the world, like in general, any ideas you can see that maybe we can learn from this time period to improve education? Yes, I forgot to add um, what inspired me. Um, oh, yes. So uh, we had a kid called, uh, his name is Sunday Tang, and Miss Patsy would always remind him to put um, put on his shoes uh, to protect his feet. And now he's in Indiana police. And of course, he know how to protect himself now. And yeah, he, he's now um, a young man. I also forgot to add, yeah, I always feel uh, important in her class, Patsy class, because she would remember, she would remember everyone's name. Like we have 100, 200 kids, but she would remember every name every name wow. in one week yeah <laughs> that's amazing you guys train me yeah we have a lot of teacher and who doesn't remember but i feel really important in her class and i'm like i need to learn and i need to become like her you know like mm. i feel really important and she also um not only um she also not only trained kids but she also trained like the adults and um, I think, I believe Mathu's, um, her name is Mathu family. Yes. Yeah, Mathu family. Yeah. She's not only trained the children, she also trained the adults to be resilient with uh, her training. Mm -hmm. She has been helping the adult getting job much easier in the U.S. after the immigrants over. And until now, she's she's still keeping what she's doing, counseling and advice, advice everyone here. She's still in contact with everyone mm. and we also have uh pastor jonathan yeah pastor jonathan yeah yes. now he he got a job like he he just came to the u.s but he got a job right away because miss patsy is helping him mm. and he's i think he's now in walmart i think yeah because he's working in walmart wow look at all of that inspiration all this big group because it's a yeah. big big uh, community the first thing i learned from them is their name is <laughs> not easy i always like you know bobo tong i still remember so from that i'm like how am i going to connect with them right mm -hmm. the only thing is i just call the name by heart then they will know that oh my goodness somebody's called me <laughs> mm -hmm. and and it's not really coming from my own nation or whatever right so mm -hmm. i think from that part once i call their name they will pay attention is how it is. Mm -hmm. yes. I want to know about it, Rachel. So now if you go to the school, as I said, you ask me what is the magic. I said, there's no magic. You just need to be yourself and learn, you know, your student's name. So your student can feel the connection with yes. you as a teacher. That's it. I agree. And that's impressive. Like 100, 200 students and you're learning all their names in like one week that is i've never had that many students at like one time but i do find that if you do it right away if you try to come up with some kind of way to remember the student's name in the first week or weeks 
it'll stick than trying to like wait till you grade some papers or wait till you have like a connection or a conversation with the students. But really, so what I have tried to do, maybe you did this too, Patsy, is I would always tell my students like, don't think I'm weird, but I'm going to stare at you (laughs) for just a little bit. And I would go like, this is like the first couple of days of school. So they're doing some kind of like intro you know, activity. And I would go and I would stare at each of them and then say their name. And then at the end of class, I would go around and like say all their names and try to do that. And then I would do that for like the first couple of days. I didn't have that many students though. Um, So like say a class of maybe like 10 to 20 at a time that I could practice that with. But yeah, that's impressive. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you guys really like, you know, make my mind to travel back. The old yeah. <laughs> See what students remember. I mean, they remember so much about you and so much about these little details that we may, we might not remember. And it mm. stays with students. Like I remember that about certain teachers I had, like just something they said or something they did in the classroom that was just like different, you know, or like Rachel was saying, like it made you feel seen. It made you feel important. And it stays with you all the way through adulthood. It's amazing. And again, that's what makes this like profession so special. So this is what I say. This is a journey. This is really a journey. If they have anything, you know, they feel challenges in the U.S., they always can connect me, you know, and ask how should we, like, you know, going through that, right? You know, for the resilience or, you know, the mental health issue or whatever. I'm just so happy and honored to be part, you know, with them until now, I have to mm. say they have a big community group, you know, in, I think in Indianapolis as well. I think, uh, Mat- I, I'm not sure, is it Matu told me in Indianapolis, if you go into Indiana, you can see the whole Chin community. Is wow. that right? Yes. It's amazing. Wow. And, I was like, and, and the funny part is that, Patsy, you need to come back to United and visit us. I said, yes, now. <laughs> <laughs> they all are building community. Wow, that's amazing. And then you inspired a student to be a police officer. Uh, not the police oh, officer, oh. Yeah, but some of them, because after, okay, the resilience training that I, you know, not just only the children, but some of them, you know, they can like, get a job, you know, uh, maybe it's like much better, you know, in, in Walmart or in, like, you know, a big, uh, a, a better opportunity for them into cooperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is why they feel it's honored because with that certificate, as I said, you know, mm-hmm. the time when we train them is by the U.S. Embassy is recognition. I love so it. So once they saw that, they, they know that this is genuine. They mm-hmm. they are very uh is is there are there a lot of open opportunity for them to 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 start in. So this is why they feel they are blessed to in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I have a thought before we talk about you know improving education because I think being someone who grew up in America and I've always been an American citizen, I think a lot of American citizens take it for granted. You know, there's a lot of issues in our country, like many countries, we have a lot of people who want to, you know, argue with each other. But um, Rachel or Rebecca, or both of you, like, what has life been like in America? Like, do you, how do you see it being uh, a citizen here? That's a very good question. <laughs> I know, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. So don't feel like you need to answer. They can think about it. Mm-hmm. I, we have a lot of opportunity in the US, like, for example, like going to school, because uh, in our country, if you don't have money, you don't go to school. Mm. So I really like it. And yeah, I really like um, they have a lot of opportunity. So I when I came here, I thought we have to pay for the school. But the school is free. Education is free. So being in the United States, it's amazing because 
not only school, but you can find a job. Mm -hmm. Back in our country, we don't have job. No, no job. Mm. And no school. Only like, some of the boys, um, if you have money, only the boys go to school. And girls, mm. you stay home and you help your parents. But here, you can do uh, basic, you can do whatever you want. Mm. Education is free. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Great. Thank you. And I appreciate that because I think you can't ignore the problems that are in any country. But I think sometimes like people who live here, live here their whole life, they, they tend to pick at the things that don't work and they don't appreciate the things that do work. And I think America is still considered a country that's one of the most freest countries in the world. It's, again, not perfect. It is, it is an expensive place, too, in, in parts. Um, but you can get free education. And I mean, our taxes pay for it, but like you're not paying an extra fee for it. Right. And you can find a lot of jobs and a lot of people are like, oh, there's, there's not, there's no jobs out there. Like, there's tons, there's tons of jobs. It's just the kind of job you want to do. Cause I mm -hmm. think Americans could be very picky, but there are a lot more job opportunities than a lot of other places. So I, I do appreciate that perspective. That's really important to talk about. Um, any ideas of how you see education improving or what we could do for our students and teachers? To be able to change or improve in education, there must be respect, motivations, better standard, like a partnership involving can help improving other education, just as Miss Passy. Mm -hmm. Carry the scenes of kindness, the love and compassion of to young a child and humanitarian education work to other people. Thank you so much. Just in general, school, I think that school should not hide the truth mm. for example like textbook from the children's or like kids should learn about the past like slavery or hitler so that they know what's wrong with the society and that we don't create the same injustice ancestor did back then also we always learn about history and stuff like when will education change we want to learn about the present and the future and we're literally learning the same things high school uh, student 30 years ago. Yeah, so, good point. Wow. Yeah, I think that our, those are both really great ideas. And I'm kind of connecting the two between Rebecca and Rachel of like higher standards and truth. So I feel like those two go together, right? Like if we can be more truthful in what we're teaching and having really important conversations with our students, that is raising higher standards because we're not trying to sugarcoat or hide things because they're they're hard to talk about because the truth is the truth. And we can only think about a better future for our country, for our world, if we talk about what happened in the past and also connect it to the, to the present, right? Like what happened in the time of World War II and the Cold War and how is there some kind of connection with like Russia invading Ukraine, right? There's a lot of connection there. What are we doing wrong? Like how do we fix that so that we can end these wars, right? Because like, I was asking my students that recently, I'm like, why are we still having wars in 2022? What did we learn about in the past? There's so many wars and so much bloodshed. Like, why is this still happening? So, you know, that is important to link history to the present, talk about the truth so that we can learn and not do this again in the future, because we have to be able to save humanity. We can't just keep doing the same really like terrible things to each other. Precisely. 
I think, you know, what the attitude is everything, um, the nature, you know, the outer space or current circumstances. And, uh, as I said, you know, I, I, I can see both of them and also others, uh, coming to the resiliency, the attitude, how they mm-hmm. adapt whatever current situation as a new normal after the pandemic, the mindset to them is much stronger. I really compare the non-resiliency and the resiliency, you know, uh, kind of like a two different groups. It's still coming back, you know, to the attitude. Attitude. Mm. It's almost amazing. like we need this resiliency training for everyone, not necessarily. Like, I think when we think of resilience, we think of like, you just like, you know, refugees, you're, you're, you know, going through a really big crisis. But if we think globally right now, we've all gone through the pandemic. We've all been affected by it in some way. We're all dealing with climate change. No matter where we live in this world, there's extreme weather at some point. We're all having this collective experience of public health and climate change. So I feel like what you're doing, Patsy, with resiliency training, I would love to see this in like every school or every type of community, like as a program, because if we create we create more resilient people, then maybe we won't see this kind of fighting going on all the time. Peace. Peace. Peace is very important. And it's about appreciation. That's why I I truly appreciate your, you know, the teacher circle as well. Mm -hmm. And I look at the whole structure, the circle, you know, the circle is that, you know, everybody said everybody can be the leader Mm -hmm. and also be a follower. Right. If you put in at the pyramid structure, it's like, you know, that would be hierarchy, somebody on the top. But no, this is not the way. And I still remember I was so honored, you know, to bring Gloria, my mentor, when she came to the show. This is why I say I truly honor the people who live up me from mm-hmm. the past and how we really like carry along the whole circle. That is very important when we look at the spectrum and the dynamic, you know, how the leadership and mm-hmm. how everybody like, you know, stand in one circle. And even today, you know, when I uh, give a uh, talk, you know, the, the early childhood, every time I say children just make a big circle, mm. then they can see eye to eye. They can listen like everybody. Mm-hmm. Structure. Mm. Yeah. And I think starting at a young age, like when you work with little kids and you, they see like a circle or they see like we're all equal together. And right. like even like me as a teacher, like if you put yourself in that circle and you're like, I like how you said, both the leader and follower, that's exactly like what we're yep. saying with teacher student. Right. I can lead you, but I could also follow you. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you put the teacher in that same circle and they see you as part is equal with them from a little kid, then mm-hmm. that could be their mindset in the mm-hmm. in the world and in their life. And I I know it's gonna be taking a really long time. It's like a lofty goal, but I would love to see the breakdown of these structures in society where it's all top down, right? And it's all about authority and like trickles down to more common people being like the leaders, right? And they are the stakeholders and they're sharing their ideas. I don't know how we do that, but I'm I'm at least trying to promote it in education. I don't know. I don't know what that ever will look like. I'm so, I'm so like, you know, wow, this is amazing. I would love to see governments work like that, but I don't know. That's <laughs> because that's the problem. Like governments are so authority and structured that you have people like our, you know, like Putin who invaded Ukraine because it's all about power. It's just like, I want what I want. It's ego and it's power. And they don't see themselves as commoners or as like equal with the citizens. And I think our leaders should be equal with the citizens. Mm. Lead, but follow. Right? That's right. We'll see. Maybe, maybe one day. 
<laughs> that's why I think the humanitarian world that's still a lot of things that we have to keep going wonderful I appreciate this conversation and having both uh, Rachel and Rebecca on today thank you so much for sharing your story and your connection with Patsy and mm-hmm. Patsy being back on um, this is just I think this is what it's all about this yeah. connection oh I'm just saying thank you for having us oh you're welcome yeah, your time. yes thank you both Anything, awesome. any final words before we end here? So we want to send a peace, love, and joy to the world. I'm sure you all will have a lot of amazing time. And most of the time they show me, you know, how they interact with the kids. I'm like, you guys have been doing a very, very good job. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Oh, I love that. I can see them, you know, it's good. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And I wish you all the best with continuing your teaching. I would love to, you know, connect with both of you again. Maybe one day we'll all get to see each other somewhere in the United States. I don't know. Patsy, maybe you'll come over to the United States and visit. We can uh, do a meetup. That's right. Listen, you come over, you know, we can drive you around already. Wow. Can you imagine? That'd I will. So, don't worry. That'd be so cool. Well, thank you and have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the teacher's story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices. <laughs>